Welcome back to another exciting edition of The Thought Police with me and Matt Kelly. Matt Kelly, of course, the publisher of The New European. Me, Mike Graham, a talk radio presenter and man of many podcasts, I suppose you might call me. How are you, Matt? I'm all right. Thank you, mate. Now, we are recording this on the hottest day of the year, which is yeah. uh, some, te- some temperature, isn't it, out there? 28 isn't degrees? It? It's unbearable. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you might have chosen the wrong time to come back to the smoke. Yeah. We came back to London and uh, it is absolutely unbearable. We yeah. are literally flying eggs on the bonnets of cars. <laughs> that old chestnut, <laughs> as they say, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what's funny as well? I was doing a, a conversation, I had a conversation today with a psychiatrist, not because I needed to, but um, because um, we were talking about how hard it can be for some people to go back now to not just a sort of normal life, but a more normal life and, and seeing people again and meeting people and talking to people yeah. in some yeah. form outside of actually just electronically, you know, we're actually meeting people. Yeah. Uh, and because I think some people are going to find that a bit difficult. I know. Well, I always have found it difficult, so it's just even worse for me. <laughs> I'd be quite happy just to just to sort of maintain a sense of isolation for the rest of my days now. Yeah, well, that's what I think as well, because I've been talking to other people. A lot of them are saying, actually... You know, we're quite liking the, 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 the time on our own. And I know you've got yeah. kids, so you're not really on your own. But, you know, yeah. the idea that you can't... I mean, I, there are parts of what, I'm been, what I've been doing, sort of self-isolating in, uh, in my flat in London, only seeing my... I went to see my kids last weekend for the first time, you know, yeah. and that was great. Um, but yeah. I didn't stay the night because, you know, we're not really supposed to be doing that yet. And yeah. um, uh, I quite like coming back to London in, in my own little space, you know, doing yeah. the things that I do, a bit of cooking, have a couple of glasses of yeah. wine, watching something on TV. I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a, I mean, maybe I'm just getting old. It takes a little while to get into your own groove, doesn't it? But it then does. when you're in it, when you're in it, it's a real wrench to get out of it again. Well, do you know, when, when before all this happened, when I would jump on a tube and come to you up in uh, uh, North yeah. London and record a couple of uh, podcasts and then leave and then race back again through the tube sections of three different trains, walking through yeah. stations, I'm not sure I want to be bothered doing all that again. Well, I'm not going to do it anymore. I bought myself a, a 50 quid push bike on uh, eBay. Did you? Uh, yeah, and it's an old rally something or other. It's a, I mean, it's perfectly nice, serviceable, and I, I didn't want to spend any money. Mm. I didn't want to. Worry well, also, about it. everyone I know that's ever bought a bike in London has had it nicked. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't want to do that, and uh, but I'm going to cycle everywhere now. I've decided that, and I think if we can get, um, I've been really against cycling in London. I won't let my wife do it right. and all of that because I'm convinced that you know the, she or the kids would get knocked off and killed. Yeah. But actually. You know what? I think at some point we've all got to embrace a kind of lower carbon technology, and I'm going to go for the bike. Well, hang on a minute. You're not going to tell me that you've now capitulated the Sadiq Khan uh, mantra of, you know, walk and cycle yep. everywhere in London and make it into a car free zone. Well, you're going to come up against me and my Range Rover, I'm afraid, because uh, I'm not doing that, <laughs> I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm just can, not doing I'm it. In the- I'm in the ULES, the ultra low emission zone, so you won't be able to get to be in your <laughs> No, I just I'll just have to pay to do it, won't I? I mean my yeah, my car yeah. No, my car doesn't have to pay you les because it's a brand new car and it's probably oh, right. cleaner than okay. most uh, cars that are out there. But, I mean, okay, I am yeah. having... This week, I've had to pay the congestion charge because the the bonehead who sits in that mayor's office decided it was a great idea to put the congestion yeah. charge back. I mean, what an idiot. He's trying to tell Why? people... Well, because they're trying to tell people not to use public transport 
because it might be better to keep public transport for those who have no yeah. choice, right? So what else yeah. are you supposed to do? You know, it's all very well living in uh, central London if you're rich enough to do that, but a lot of people live outside in the suburbs. Yeah. They can't walk yeah. to work. They can't cycle to work. It's too far. You know, even yeah. my producer, uh, who lives about three and a half, four miles away from the office, she said, if I have to walk into work, it's gonna, I'm going to have to get up like two hours earlier. Yeah. You know, That's people can't do it. You know, the problem is, right, I heard on Kevin O'Sullivan's show at the weekend, a very good guy talking, he was one of the taxi representatives, and he said, that, you know, the problem that, that Sadiq Khan has is that he's creating a London where only the rich and the poor can live, and the people in the middle are getting more and more squeezed out of it. Right, that's very interesting. And I that mean, is a good point. Why, why, people, why do people hate Sadiq Khan with such a passion? Because he's a total plank. Yeah. I mean, I'm afraid he's he is very self-absorbed. He's very much about self-promotion. He has consistently refused to come on my show, and yet he's more than happy to go on James O'Brien's show every single week because he knows he gets an easy time. You know, right. he does not have the best interests of, uh, of Londoners at heart. He has the best interests of the Labour Party and his own supporters at heart. He spends yeah. half his life wondering whether he should be a world figure instead of just running the city. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is a guy who yeah. went to Brussels and asked them if uh, we could get special dispensation for Londoners to remain uh, part of the yeah. European Union, for God's that, sake. That was insane. That was insane. I mean, he's very clearly, um, you know, quite far up himself. Yeah, yeah. But most politicians are. And, you know, I sort of think that he's trying to do right by the city. I don't, I, I'm not sure I agree that I think... Uh, all he's interested in is, is sort of self-promotion and self-aggrandizement. I think he's trying to do well for the city, but it's um, it is striking how um, he has become quite a. I mean, it's not polarizing because it, it, you do well to find somebody who doesn't think he's a, a pain yeah, in the ass. Right. Well, this is yeah. the thing. I mean, I, I'm quite friendly, as you might not be surprised, but with the Tory group at the London Assembly, and they've been trying to get him to do a, a, a mayor's questions uh, for the best part of a month, right? When yeah. when they uh, came on to my show to criticise him, we asked him to come on. He sent a statement, right, which basically said, you know, the reason I'm not doing mayor's questions uh, is because I wasn't asked, which turns yeah. out was completely untrue. And the reason not I true. know that is because I've seen, a, 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 shall we say, a paper trail uh, which yeah. suggests that his uh, office was asked uh, and, and then was then refused and it said he couldn't do it because he had to keep his diary free in case he had to talk to the government about bringing up um, bringing up the lockdown. So, you know, yeah. he's clearly at it, you know. Um, yeah. And also, nobody voted to turn London into a kind of Scandinavian paradise where nobody drives a car and everybody walks around singing ABBA songs and cycling. You know, I'm not having it. You know, that's not what I voted for. Is that his policy? That is fantastic. I am definitely going to <laughs> But do you know what I mean? I mean, he's talking about he's talking about pedestrianising huge swathes of the centre of town. Like, for example, yeah. I got actually stuck in Shoreditch the other day because you can't any longer go up Great Eastern Street, which is the way How that you would... How you pronounce it? Shoreditch. It's not Shoreditch. It is. Shoreditch. No, it's Shoreditch now because it's trendy and that's the way everybody says it. I went really? to I went to FE College in Shoreditch. May I remind you that you're a scouser? I'm from yeah. London, right? I've always oh. pronounced it Shoreditch, and everybody now takes the piss out of me and says, "Say it again." Even my <laughs> own daughter. I said, "Well, you're American, so you can shut up for a start, right?" It is Shoreditch. I used to go well when short when I went to Shoreditch, right? There was a pub called the Horns uh, when yeah. I went to City in East London College in Pitfield Street, right off Shoreditch yeah. High Street. 
Um, and it was the most horrendous pub you've ever seen with the most ghastly strippers who at lunchtime would strip off completely, right, while you were eating your uh, pickled eggs or whatever. I mean, it was horrendous, really awful. Um, and now that it's full of the bearded wonders and all of these kind of, you know, Brazilian coffee mocha shops, you know, suddenly everybody's decided they pronounce it a different way. Fine, good for them. You know. Bugger them. I mean, I'm quite happy to never go there because I hate going there. Um, but I was driving and I was trying to get to another part of North London. But you were yeah. bas- I was basically forced into driving in a circle because all the roads were closed off. I could see where I wanted to go, but I couldn't yeah. get there. There's been madness to roadworks in London. Well, this is not roadworks. No, this is this is the, the, the movement that Khan has got going where he's banning cars and, and only allowing buses, taxis and bicycles down loads and loads of different streets in the centre of the city. Right. Well, I don't know if it's anything to do with his policy, but Islington Council pedestrianised one half of um, Hybrid Yeah. Uh, this last year. Right. And you know what? Everyone moaned about it. And, you know, that for the first few weeks, the traffic was terrible at one particular part of the junction and it was all a big disaster. But now it's settled, settled down. People can walk out of McDonald's and have their lunch without worrying about exhaust fumes and getting knocked over and... It's nice and pleasant now. And I think, you know, we, we should be looking to kind of rebalance the constant tarmacking of everything, you know. If it means people drive a bit less, then great. You know, yeah, but, people, yeah, but how, do you think, how do you think you're going to get your food? I mean, how do you think you're going to get the stuff that you need to put in your house? You know, if you need to get your argus sorted or you need to get your, you know, your, your basement, you know, put shelves in it, where do you think all that's going to come from? It's not going to be some bloke on a bike, is it? Well, no, I mean, obviously people will still be... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not imagining like a procession of farmers walking into Sainsbury's with that day. Well, he is. Well, he is. He's trying to stop people. For, he's trying to make it. He's, he's going to pedestrianise apparently from London Bridge to Shoreditch. That's what he's going to do. So you know, good luck well, if you're trying to. Gonna, how are they going to get stuff into the shops? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I see more and more of these um, couriers now on bicycles. Borough Market's got a couple where they've got a big, long, sort of a long base bicycle and they've got a big sort of container in the front. But, you know, yeah. that's fine. But you can't get a fridge in it. That's not going to work for Tesco Express. Well, not really, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just the, my wine deliveries alone require a van, you know. That's good. You know. Oh, my God. Can I have a little moan that will have everyone hating me? Yeah, please do. Captain Tom, yes. enough already. I've had enough of him. Now. I have. Listen, I tell I you what, I bet you any yeah. money, without fear or favour, that there's going to be a story coming out about Captain Tom and about well, all the and about all the money. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I mean, we've already been told that just giving, I think, whatever the people that run the page, have yeah. apparently made some ridiculous amount of money, like 200,000 quid. And That's I know right. they were urged to give that money back. I don't know whether they have. But there's also another story, that there's that there's another kind of stopping off point for some of the funding. Um, for administration oh, as well. Now, I don't know for sure. We haven't got to the bottom of that, um, and I'm not right. going to make any um, you know, wrong assumptions yeah. on here. But, you know, it's an awful lot of money. Um, yeah. And, you know, the fact that he's now knighted, I mean, give, you know, I'm with you. I mean, enough already. Yeah. I, mean, team, I mean, look, I don't want to... I'm staggered and in awe of how much money you raised. Right? Yes. It's incredible. It is. But, you know, the guy walked down his garden a hundred times right. uh, with, a, with a Zimmer frame, and, <laughs> you know, so assisted. And um, uh, and he's done his bit, and he's a great guy, and he's a hero, and he seems like a funny man and all of this business, but he's like being beatified now. I know. You know it's, 
And also, the thing for me is, is that nobody else can do anything now because no. it's not going to be like Captain Tom. No. Yeah. Exactly right. But it's same, it's that same kind of uh, categorisation of the NH- clap for our NHS heroes, you know. You know, yeah. I'm very happy that they're doing such a brilliant job. Um, but it's their job, you know, they've, they've volunteered to be in the NHS and, of course, yeah. they should be looked after and they should be paid more money. And I think Boris Johnson today indicated that they might be giving them more money uh, in yeah. terms of how much they are. I'm sure they'd rather have a bigger salary than have a load of uh, people standing around on a Thursday night clapping for them. I can guarantee that. You know, um, yeah. but yeah, but we live in this society now, don't we? Where you know everybody's a hero, um, and, uh, and if you're not a hero, you have to clap the person that is a hero. We'll be giving out medals soon. For yeah. key workers. Yeah. Well, so, I did so, say. I mean, technically, I'm a key worker, right? I've got a yeah. card that tells me I'm a key worker, even though everybody that I tell this to says, "Shut up, you're not a key worker. You're just <laughs> you're just a gob on a stick." You know. Um, <laughs> but the point is that you know, I said uh, to my uh, the mother of my children, I said, "Well, when am I? When are you going to stand up and clap for me?" And she, she, yeah. she was quite rude and told me I to get lost. That's quite a, quite a long time coming, <laughs> that one. But, you know, yeah. I just, I mean, I, how long is it, it going to go on for, this clapping? Well, every Thursday for the rest of our lives. No, oh, if I... I mean, who's going to stop? Who's going to be the brave person to say something enough of that? Well, I mean, it's not real. Well, I suppose we could signal the end of the pandemic and say we don't need to do yeah. it anymore, actually. Maybe because... we could launch a campaign to stop the clap. It is. It is. Well, I mean, it did occur to me that clap for the NHS is not the greatest uh, slogan in the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they've, yeah. they've seen plenty of people with the clap. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I just, yeah. I just do despair. But this is the other thing, you know, I've heard from friends of mine as well. Uh, who live in various different parts of the country, that they've got sort of neighbourhood watches going on, but not to stop burglars, but to make sure people aren't seeing the wrong people and reporting people to the cops and stuff, you know. Oh, so-and-so came and visited that person there. They shouldn't be doing it. I mean, really? What is... See, this is how society... You know, everybody always says, you know, well, during World War II, you know, Germany turned into this, you know, horrible Nazi state and everybody was you know, betraying each other to the Gestapo and all of those right. and rounding up everybody. And it would never happen here. And I can tell you for a fact, it would happen here. Because yeah. there's enough dickheads out there who would love to stitch up the people who they go around every day mm. bitterly resenting oh, yeah. for various mad reasons. Well, one of the things I've noticed... All over the place. One of the things I've noticed, and I don't know whether you have, is, is driving around and walking to work and stuff like that from the car park. I mean, there's an awful lot of these yellow-jacketed types, yellow-vested yeah. types, standing around, yeah. Um, yeah. not far from a million miles from my office. Um, yeah. You know, down at the, the, the hotel, down, down at the bottom of the Shard, there's more yeah. of them sort of hanging around by the hospital, and they're all yeah. desperate to tell you to do something. What are they? Well, they're sort of security stroke wardens of some kind who are obviously privately hired, you know. I don't know what they're doing, but they just kind of look at you in a way and you kind of go, what are you looking at? You know, what do you you want? Do you know the worst of that specimen, of that variety of person, the very, very worst, is when you're on the motorway Mm. and you see a a white Honda cruiser, you know, like a long-distance motorcycle coming up behind you and and the guy has got a white helmet on and he's got a yellow, black um, motorbike trousers and a yellow um, uh, high-vis yeah. jacket top. And on his back, he's got written, polite notice. Oh, yes. You know, so, and if, these utter, if, you are, if you're listening to me talk, describing you, get a effing life. Yes, these like are the people, are, they're pretending they're, they're cops, the cops, right? Join the cops. 
yeah. if, if, if that's what you want to be. But don't go up and down the motorway, forcing everybody to slam on the brakes yeah. at 70 miles an hour so that because they think that you're a copper. Right. Because you're not. You're a sad old git with a yellow jacket. Yes. That's what you are. I know. What about those cars that you now see as well that have got the kind of Battenberg, uh, like a police car, but they're called what? something like Highways Agency or something Traffic like that? Officer. Traffic now, officer. Yeah, I don't know what they are. Are they are they speedo merchants or what? No, they can't do you for anything. They're like AA men with badges. Okay. So you can go past them at 1,000 miles an hour. <laughs> and... and and they can't do it. They can't touch you. God knows good. I've tried. Yeah, no, that's very good. But I mean, yeah, there, there, there is a kind of section of society that loves the idea of, of telling other people what to do and being yeah. given. It's like the old, um, you know, the warden in Dad's Army, isn't it? You put that light out. You know, right. what do you think you're doing? And it's that's like, right. you know, but 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 I've I've heard a lot of these stories from friends of mine who are just like, you know, I can't go out because. Um, this was before the kind of ease easing of the yeah. of the regulations came on because somebody will report me, you know. Yeah, absolutely abysmal, abysmal. Yeah. So how have you been in the past week, anyway? Generally speaking. Good. Yeah, I mean it's been. Uh, I mean I'm sure everyone's feeling like this. You know, it's day fifty eight now, according to the top of the Mail Online website, yes. and it's like, you know, you, you, we've all settled into it, but you have your ups and your downs. I mean, mm. we had an awful day. I mean, just for the sake of sharing, I mean, I don't like talking about my family, but right. I'm sure if I was listening to this, I would feel, oh, thank Christ, it's not just me. Mm. I mean, anyway, we had the absolute meltdown of the day the other day, right. with kids screaming, throwing things at each other, right. me screaming at the wife, the wife screaming at me. I mean, it was, it was divorce. I mean, it's it surprising like, that it every... doesn't happen more, actually, in these circumstances. Yeah, it is, it is. And, you know, we got over it, and... Uh, and Today's fine, but it was. Uh, and she, she said it before, you know. It is your home becomes like a pressure cooker, and um, having to try and scream at kids to do homework, yes. uh, and to you know the fear that they're somehow falling behind because yeah. they're you know sitting there watching Netflix or whatever, right. should be studying quadratic equations. That is, that's a very very difficult thing to do, and of course, kids, the people who they have the least respect for these days is their parents. Yeah. Like whenever we take our kids out they, and they meet strangers and interact, they are the models of charm, mm. humour, politeness. So when they're with us on their own, it's it's like trying to deal with, you know, someone sent an absolute thug <laughs> into your house. To well, yeah, I mean, my youngest has terrible rows with his mother. Um, yeah. To the point where, you know, without giving too much away, you know, they've, they've literally not spoken to each other for a day or something, and I discover it, yeah. and I have to oh, try and make yeah. the peace. It's very difficult for me to do that from a distance as well, yeah. because, you know... Well, my young, I was going to say my youngest, the five-year-old, swears like... like oh, you said that you have to pretend he's got Tourette's or something, right? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, obviously, in, in our little back garden in London, it wasn't so bad in, in Norfolk, yeah. where there was a lot of space and it was spread out, but now, of course, it's at least... 50 people with an earshot of everything <laughs> that's said. And when this little guy starts... Right. Right, and also you're in that situation, like we were saying before, with people reporting other people. I mean, you never know; yeah. somebody might call the cops and say, you know, there's something Someone, terrible I'm happening, sure. something awful it's going on. Massive, still, I mean, and that and that then puts more pressure on you. But this is the thing as well, you know. I mean, I've I've we got a call today from the school apparently asking uh, how much homework the youngest was doing, right? Because yeah. he's obviously not been doing very much, despite the fact that yeah. he says he's going to. I try and put pressure on him to do it. You know, yeah. um, I've even bribed him to do some, you know. Um, you know, I don't mind admitting that. Uh, yeah. But in the end, it's very difficult, as you say, because they know, 
they're not stupid. They know that there's nothing going on. They know that probably yeah. if they don't do it, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. And I mean, at the at the moment, we're having this row about whether or not schools are going to reopen on June the 1st or sometime thereafter. And I would like for the youngest one to go back, even if it's only for a month, because it will give Definitely. them some kind of discipline um, and, and some kind of sense of normality. Because if it goes all the way to September, and I've said yeah. this to him, he'll have forgotten how to do everything. Mate, honestly, it's, I mean, my absolute bet is that there won't be any schools opening on June the 1st. No, um, I don't think so. You know, we've already had an, uh, an email saying, you know, we are thinking very hard about how to do this and, you know, things will be. So my, my bet is that they'll call that off. Mm. And it's, it's tragic, really, because I think, you know, if we could just have a bit of a break from the concentrated togetherness, yes. we'd all be a lot happier for it. I think we all would, absolutely, because even me going to um, see the kids at last weekend, just for the day on Saturday, it just felt so much more normal. I felt yeah, so much yeah. more like I was doing something that I used to do, you know? Yeah. And it was lovely. I really, really enjoyed it, and, and I'm looking forward yeah. to doing it again this weekend. Um, but it's still not quite the same, because obviously, you know, I haven't been able to hug them, because their yeah, mother's still... Well, I know, but she's still of the opinion that, you know, I might, I'm coming from London, I'm seeing other people, she doesn't want me to yeah. give it to anybody. And so I've been very kind of, you know, non-touchy feeling. All I want to do is give them a hug, you know. Yeah, but you know what? We're all, someone was on the radio this morning saying this, that we've all become utterly panicked about getting this thing. Yeah. And if, so there's 30 people under, I think I'm right in saying 30 people under the age of 40 yeah. who didn't have any... Uh, underlying yes. health conditions. Oh, it's, it's a tiny number. Out of, of 60,000. Yes, you know, it's a tiny number. But then I'm not under 40, though, you know? Um, no, that's true. Nor am I, sadly. And the point is that, you know, I'm not actually that worried about myself, but I'm just yeah. kind of respectful of what other people think, you know, and as much as, yeah. you know, we've had a few rows about it because I'm like, you know, I'm not one of those people who thinks that I need to be given a specific instruction by the government in order to be able to do something, you know? Um, yeah. And I think we're we're smart enough as you are, to be able to figure out what's safe and what isn't safe. Um, yeah. And that's why I think the schools really do need to open, because all of this nonsense coming from this lefty union, you know, which used to be the NUT and is now called something else. Um, you know, schools have been open all the way through this. I mean, my kids' school's been open since, since March anyway, because they've yeah. been teaching, you know, key workers' kids and they've been teaching vulnerable right. kids as well. So it's not yeah. as if the school hasn't been, it hasn't been working, you know? All right. Oh, that's good. So, um, um, you know, I just, yeah. I just think I worry that there's a kind of, there's a, a section of society seems to be driven mostly by the trade union movement because it also includes, like, the transport workers and all that who are making more of this than they should because they don't fancy, they fancy using it in some way as a sort of negotiating tactic. Right. Well, I mean, look, I can see the... I can see... I don't think anybody should go back to work or be forced to go back to work if they don't want to go back to work, right? And no, no, I get that. You don't know why, do you? Because they might have elderly parents they've got to care for. Them. I think, they I think they, I think, line. would they not have to have a reason? I think they'd have to have a reason because I think what the government needs to do, and this is where they haven't been very good, is I think they do have to be specific about workplaces because, for example, at my workplace, you would not believe some of the measures that have been put in. You know, they've covered yeah. the chairs in plastic, which you're not supposed to sit on. They've basically yeah. blocked off certain areas of, of desks because they only want, out of, say, a table of eight people where normally eight would work, there's only now two, right? Um, there's yeah. only three people allowed in each lift. There's only two people allowed in the toilets. You know, it's all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I think if you, as a company, then provide that safe space 
then if somebody says they can't come back to work, they have to have a good reason, like you said. Um, yeah. Maybe they've got a vulnerable person at home. Yeah. The other thing that, that is increasingly bugging me is this insistence on the two-metre thing. Because, mm. actually, if you look at other countries, including a lot of the ones that are having uh, are dealing with this in a much more uh, successful way in yeah. terms of numbers... They, you know, Germany, I think, is, is one metre yeah. or one and a half. And Sweden is one metre. Yeah. And th- there's no science behind the two metre thing no. at all. If someone sneezes in your direction, it can go about four metres. Yes. So, you know, so if you're going to get it from a sneeze, two metres isn't going to help you. But right. if, if there's nothing wrong with you and you're just passing somebody in the street, mm. then a metre's fine. Probably a foot is fine. Yeah. But, the, but, but now, of course, everybody's stepping into the road to avoid somebody making one. And, you know, we, we, I think we are becoming just a little bit hypersensitive yes. to it now. No, I think that's right. I mean, you wouldn't believe what they've done here around sort of London Bridge. I presume it's in case the, the, the station starts to get busy again. But they've put all these blue and red um, sort of fences out into the street just to make it even more bloody difficult to drive a car, by the way. Um, so they've narrowed the space for the cars so that yeah. people can walk further away from one another. Outrageous. I mean, it's well, crazy. To spare pedestrians at the cost of Range Rover driving. Well, I mean, there's no safer place in the world than my Range Rover because I don't have the disease. And so you can get in it safely without getting yeah. the disease. I'm not going to sneeze on you. I will drive you to yeah. your destination in some comfort. Um, and you might yeah. even have some interesting conversation along the way. You know, but, but of course, Sadiq Khan doesn't want anybody doing that. He wants everybody yeah. walking. I mean, can you imagine what's going to happen in the winter when it's pissing down with rain? And I was supposedly yeah. either cycling. I mean, you won't be cycling in the rain, will you? No, definitely not. No, because I mean dangerous. that's when you'll be getting into your car. Too dangerous and too wet. And you no, can't. And you can't. And you can't cycle to bloody Norfolk, can you? I won't leave the house when it's raining in future. There's no <laughs> need to now. <laughs> well, this is the trouble, isn't it? I mean, the other the other thing that I've been arguing about this week, and I know that you you'd always be keen for to hear me being critical of the government, um, is this yeah. whole business of following the science, right? They've been following yeah. the science since about the end of February, right? Now, it seems yeah. to me that they've been following the science, which has been wrong, because yeah. they're now following different science from the same people who are saying different things. That's right. And there's lots of different opinions from, yeah. from perfectly respectable scientists. So they're following the science that they're listening to, you know. So, you know, man hears what he wants to hear, disregards the yeah. That's Paul Simon, so... Indeed. What about uh, this whole quarantine business? Because that's one of the things that's really bugging me. Because yeah. I want to try and get to see my daughter, right? And we were working yeah. on a plan in which I was going to go to Paris and she was going to get out of Dubai and fly to Paris and we were going to meet up right. in Paris. And even if we could only spend one night having dinner, that'd be great, yeah. you know, because I could go yeah. there, come back, go back to work, no quarantine. But apparently that's all been blown out of the water again. You won't be able to... You'll have to stay in for 14 days, won't you? Yeah, but well, I can't do that. I mean, this is my point. No. I've said to her, look, I really want to see you, but I have to be in the office at the moment. We've just moved into this brand spanking new um, uh, studio. Yeah. And, we're and it pro- looks fantastic. It really does. And we're producing yeah. some really whiz-bang stuff, and it's, it's all yeah. very technological, a lot, lots more TV stuff. And, you know, I have to be here to do that. I can't do it from home. Have you adjusted your eyes to it? Well, do you know, I had to put dark glasses on the other day because uh, um, the lights were so bright. Uh, They have turned them down a bit now. But, I mean, it's great. It's just fantastic, you know. Really, really good. It looks looks like TV studio, which is where I guess you're going. Yeah, well, that's where it's going, yeah. Exactly right. So, you know, I I can't... I mean, it now looks as though it might be somewhere like Vienna, but I was told the other day by Simon Calder that they're going to be operating a system whereby... um, 
if you if you can get yourself an inoculation of some kind or you can show a certificate that says you haven't got it because you've been yeah. tested, they'll let you in. If not, you can come in, but then they'll test you on the spot. Um, but I don't really fancy that. No, I just want to go see my daughter for the weekend, you know, maybe yeah. get a haircut because they've opened they've opened up the uh, the hairdressers in, uh, in 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 Austria, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> you don't really stay like a checkpoint Charlie kind of system. <laughs> but it's just mad, isn't it? Over. But there are still. I mean, I'm I'm listening to people calling the show, telling me that they've booked a holiday for September. They think it's going to be fine. Yeah. It's very difficult yeah. to know, isn't it? I think it'd be mad to book a holiday for September right now. Mm. Yeah. Mad. Well, we're booking nothing. Absolutely nothing. We put yeah. the swimming pool up in the garden, um, which yeah. is one of those you know sort of hard-edged ones. Um, yeah, I know. And uh, I'm going to sit in it probably on Saturday and, and and have a couple of cocktails and see how we go. But I very mean, nice. looking looking at Italy, for example, they've now opened some bars. Um, in Germany, they, they, I saw some people drinking at the weekend, watching the football. And um, but I don't see us opening any bars. In, we're supposed to be two weeks behind Italy. I don't see us opening any bars in, in two weeks. Do you? Well, I was told by somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody that the large chains of pubs are preparing to reopen on July the first in some form. Okay. So, but what's well, like, like Weatherspoons, that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, mm. I mean, well, that fella, Tim Weatherspoon, or whatever his name is, Tim Martin. He's, yes. He's been he should call bullied. himself Tim Weatherspoon, shouldn't he? He should do, yeah. <laughs> Just to avoid any doubt. <laughs> but he, um, he uh, should, uh, he's been very bullish saying he's um, he's going to open anyway. By the by the way, to Tim Weatherspoon, um, he used to have um, a great sports editor to, at the Mirror, mm. who was basically a lunchtime habitual at the Weatherspoons in Canary Wharf. Oh, yeah. So to the extent that when the Weatherspoons was going to redecorate, uh, they sent him swatches of the wallpaper so that <laughs> he, could, he could choose. And when he chose the wallpaper, he said to them, get me six other rolls as well. And he and he wallpapered his own bedroom the same. That's brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. He should have got the carpet while he was at it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blimey, yeah. that is funny. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you can imagine. I, I've sp- I see what I've spotted a lot of in London as well. You may have seen it since you've been back. Um, a lot of off-license sales going on through pubs now. Pubs where where they're saying we're doing takeaway beer or That's takeaway right. drinks, right? So you can now go. So I said to my producer the other day, I said, why don't we go find one of these places because it will be like going for a drink. If you go and stand outside, uh, you order a couple of beers and you walk around drinking beer out of a plastic glass. Isn't that a bit like being in a beer garden? Yeah. Exactly. What's the difference? Exactly. Well, there's one at uh, Clissell Park I saw where, where they're selling like pints in, in milk bottles, effectively. Right. And you know, everyone looks like bizarrely pleased with themselves mm. walking away with with these pints. They're not tipping the price, by the way. In fact, I think the price has gone up. But imagine how how it's going to feel like when we can all walk back into a pub. And I know. It'll be like the end of prohibition. I think it'll be mad. I think people will yeah. literally be falling over each other to get into the bar. Yeah. But I think that's Everyone, the point. But isn't that the yeah. point about the whole returning to school thing and, you know, this idea that you have to wait until there's a guarantee that you won't have a problem? I don't think we can wait for that because we'll never have a guarantee. I mean, it was like uh, on Marr at the weekend and, and old Andrew Marr was saying to, to Michael Gove, I think, you know, well, can you guarantee this? And it's like, well, you can't guarantee it. You know, I said to somebody today, you know, last year, uh, one of uh, one of my uh, kids' friends walked out in front of a, of a, of a bus and, and, and got run over. You know, yeah, when he was coming cool. out of school, luckily he survived, but he was pretty badly injured. Oh. You know, and oh that's kind God. of thing that happens, right? You can't yeah. say to me, I went, I want a guarantee that my kids are not going to be in any danger whatsoever when they no, go to school. You just can't. Of course you can't, no. 
and the cool. same goes for and the same goes for pubs and restaurants and and all, yeah. and all sorts of places you know which are big yeah. enough or they've got outside space where they could open yeah yeah hey i finished watching the uh, michael jordan um documentary oh yeah i haven't watched it yet no is it good oh it's fantastic yeah. it is it's the best sports documentary i've ever seen really and i know nothing about basketball right and all i knew was michael jordan's name really and that right. he had a mighty trainer yeah but this documentary is fantastic right and what a guy he is incredible i've never seen anybody with such sort of self-confidence yes. and presence and and what keeps coming through all the time is that there was this brilliant thing towards the end where he's taking the, all him and all his teammates are, are lining up to take a, a shot they must have a bet on it or something and the shot is from the other half, you know, right. on the side, really difficult shot. And everyone comes up, misses, 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 misses. Michael Jordan pops up, bang, straight down. Yeah. And he said, he said, it's like, because I'm not, I'm not thinking about failing all right. the time. He said, what, the, the quote was, why worry about a shot you haven't missed yet? Right. And I thought, what a great way to live your life. That yeah. is brilliant. What a great well, way. here's one of those incredibly charismatic individuals who yeah. um, you just can't imagine failing anything. You imagine if he took on you know, becoming Prime Minister of Britain or President of America, he'd pretty, pretty yeah. well, he'd do that pretty well too. And I mean, yeah. he's got, funnily enough, I think he's got a chain of restaurants because my, my sister and I used to go, there's, you know, Grand Central Station in New York has got all these amazing yeah. sort of things around it. Inside one of the parts of it, they've got a Michael Jordan's restaurant and it's quite a sort of high-end yeah. Um, sort of small chain of restaurants. I think there's a few of them, maybe one in Chicago, one in New York, that kind of thing. Yeah. And they do one of the greatest hamburgers I think I've ever had. But it, I really? think even then it was about $30 for a hamburger. And wow. I thought, he's making a few quid out of this. Well, do you know how much he's worth? Well, he's billions, isn't he? Two billion. Yeah. Three billion. <laughs> he's, the fourth, he's the fourth richest black man in, uh, in America. Blimey. That's fantastic. When I dug into the stats, here's something else which is quite extraordinary, though, and tells you the scale of the, the kind of the gulf between black society and white society in terms of what earning power. Mm. In America, there's 600 odd billionaires, right. uh, and I think uh, there's something like seven or eight of them are black. Yes, and it's they probably and they're probably sports stars, right? Most of them. Well, there's there actually two of them. The, the top two. Uh, one runs a hedge fund or a venture capital fund, and the other one's a, a business guy. But mm. then, yeah, I think, and then the fourth one is Oprah Winfrey, right? Yeah, know, or Oprah Winfrey's third, and Michael Jordan's fourth, or something like that. Yeah, but, I know amazing. it's quite extraordinary. It really, is amazing. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's such a—he seems such a likable character as well. He doesn't appear amazing. to have any side to him, you know. Unlike Tiger Woods, who actually wasn't a very nice bloke. No. Um, you know, Jordan just genuinely seems to be a decent guy. Just, I, I think the thing is that he's just completely dead straight about yeah. everything. You know, if he's angry, you know about it. If he's yeah. happy, you know about it. If, and we don't have you know, anyone like that, do we? We don't create those no. kinds of personalities because, you know, I don't know whether it's because we are just a much smaller country and the market is therefore that much smaller, but our footballers yeah. are kind of not as clever as that, it seems to me. No, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, the closest analogy in terms of stature in the game, I suppose, and after the game, and globally, would be Beckham. Yes. But, you know, it's very interesting that Beckham has gone to the States to really take his career. Yes. Uh, because I think, you know, the States gives you, it affords you that opportunity, and they like success. Yeah. Whereas we resent it. You know, we resent people getting too uppity. Mm. Yeah, that's true. You can't say uppity, by the way, apparently. It's a Can racist term. No. Didn't Eamon Holmes got into trouble for it? 
because he, he 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 described Meghan Markle as uppity, and it's a word I've used oh, really? in the past. Yeah, apparently oh. it's an old uh, word for um, uh, which used to be used in the time of the slaves in America. Oh. And it was really? just, and somebody who was who was kind of a bit cheeky, but who was black, was described as uppity. Oh well, um, I apologise to all. No, those no, no. Listen, you can say offended. you can say anything on this on this podcast. That's what it's about. Yeah. It's about being yeah. being yeah. true to your to yourself. Yeah. Well, You're I suppose. A bit now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> That's a good way to describe me. Actually, I've always been a bit like that. I mean, this is the thing about doing what you're told. I've never wanted to do what I was told ever in my life since I was a kid. Yeah. You know, and yeah. the more people that tell me, the more I don't want to do it. Yeah, well, funnily enough, that is exactly what Michael Jordan's dad says in uh, is it? in this thing. He said the best way to get Michael to do something is tell him he can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually true. I'm I'm very similar. So unfortunately, without the billions of pounds, um, yeah. but you know, there we are. I was talking to uh, the, the mother of my kids the other day because Chris, I'm now sharing the floor with Chris Evans upstairs, um, oh. and uh, his studio is just long from mine. So he's oh, on nice. from seven till ten. We haven't actually properly met yet. Um, yeah. but uh, I said and she said well you're not in his league are you I said what do you mean she said well he's a millionaire and you're not <laughs> uh, he's, got, he's got a garage full of vintage cars vintage cars yeah I came in one day and the, there was this beautiful powder blue uh, Aston Martin convertible DB5 I think it was right. like, like the one in Skyfall um, yeah. and I just thought that's a lovely car. I wonder who belonged. It didn't occur to me that it was his, but it was his. He'd driven in in it, you know. Right. Um, Lucky boy. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you have to accept sometimes, despite the fact that I'm very full of myself and uh, I think yeah. I'm pretty good at what I do, I'm, I, I guess I'm not in the same league as somebody who's a millionaire. <laughs> it's not about counting the money. Though, it's it? not. It's about happiness, you know? It is. And I'm very happy, actually. Um, yeah. And, I'm and, very, and, I'm, and I count myself very lucky. It's about a sense of achievement in your life. I yes. Think. I agree I hope with that. that. When I reach the end of my life, I'll be able to look back and say, well, you know, I didn't do everything I wanted to do, and there are loads of ambitions I never got close to, but I did a few things that were interesting, and there's the story of my life. Yeah. Night, Vienna. And you've done some pretty cool things as well, and, and we both have, and, and I think yeah. for an awful lot of people, that would be pretty cool, you know? Yeah, I think everybody, and also, there's no scale to it. You know, it's somebody's, my achievements, uh, as small as they are, compared to, you know, Rupert Murdoch's or whatever, they're nothing, minuscule, mm. but they make me, give me satisfaction. And likewise, there'll be people who have a sense of great achievement over something that I wouldn't necessarily think was a yep. big deal, but that's, that's not the point. The point is, satisfy yourself. Exactly right. What a good uh, way to end the podcast. Although, when I say yeah. end, I don't mean end. I mean, this is just the end of no. an episode. We'll be back next week. Um, we will. And now that you're back in London, maybe, you never know, in a couple of weeks' time, we might be able to meet up and have a beer. From two metres, I look From two metres away, absolutely, no problem at all. Matt, take it easy, man. See you soon. You too, mate. See you soon. We live in this society now, don't we, where, you know, everybody's a hero. Um, and if you're not a hero, you have to clap the person that is a hero. We'll be giving out medals soon. Yeah. Key workers. Yeah. Well, I did say, I mean, technically I'm a key worker, right? I've got a yeah. card that tells me I'm a key worker, even though everybody that I tell this to says, shut up, you're not a key worker. You're just, <laughs> you're just a gob on a stick, you know. Um, <laughs> but the point is that, you know, I said uh, to my uh, the mother of my children, I said, well, when, am I, when are you going to stand up and clap for me? And she, she, yeah. she was quite rude and told me I to get lost. That's quite a, quite a long time <laughs> coming, that one. But, you know, yeah. I just, I mean, I, how long is it, it going to go on for, this clapping? Well, every Thursday for the rest of our lives. Now. Oh, fine. I mean, who's going to stop? Who's going to be the brave person to say something initial that? 
Well, I mean, it's not real. Well, I suppose we could signal the end of the pandemic and say we don't need to do yeah. it anymore, actually. Maybe because... we could launch a campaign to stop the clap. <laughs> that, in fact, what a great catchphrase. It is. It is. Stop the clap. Well, I mean, it did occur to me that clap for the <laughs> NHS is not the greatest uh, s- slogan in the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they've, exactly. they've seen plenty of people with the clap. I went to Shoreditch, right? There was a pub called The Horns uh, when yeah. I went to City and East London College in Pitfield Street, right off Shoreditch yeah. High Street. Um, yeah. And it was the most horrendous pub you've ever seen with the most yeah. ghastly strippers who at lunchtime would strip off completely, right? While you were eating <laughs> your, uh, your pickled eggs or whatever. I mean, it was horrendous, really awful. Um, and now that it's full of the bearded wonders and all of these kind of, you know, Brazilian coffee mocha shops, you know, suddenly everybody's decided they pronounce it a different way. She said, well, you're not in his league, are you? I said, what do you mean? She said, well, he's a millionaire and you're not. 